Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. Lord, we just thank you for tonight. Thank you for those gathered here in this house. Thank you for those gathered uh, through Facebook. Lord, we're grateful that we can be together in person, but also for those who are out of town or at home can join with as well. And we just simply ask, Holy Spirit, lead us into truth tonight. Lead us closer to Jesus Christ. Jesus, you said it's better that I go because I will send the helper, the Holy Spirit, the spirit Spirit of truth who will lead you and guide you into all truth. And so... Do that very thing tonight, Lord. Help me to share your word and help all of us to hear what you would be saying to us tonight as a community, as as an individual, as families. Speak to us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's, uh, let's open our Bibles or our Bible apps or whatever you have to Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7, this is part 2 in a series about Jesus. Uh, This is a little bit of a mini-series. I started last week in the the sermons on the internet, and it's uh, on our website specifically, and there's notes there. But last week, I'm just going to recap real quick. Last week, kind of started on this mini-series of wanting to drill down into more specifics of who Jesus is. Because we tend to view him in in sort of a general way as kind of like, okay, here's what Jesus has done for me in the past. Here's, Here's what it guarantees me. And so we sort of view him almost as, I don't know if it's maybe not the best analogy, but like a rich uncle who kind of gives stuff to us. Uh, but we don't really think of him sometimes as a, as a real person with a personality, with thoughts, emotions, feelings. Uh, he's a real man, and he happens to be God. And so when we put our faith and trust in him, we do get eternal life, and that's amazing. We, we don't minimize that. But that's just a gift he gives to us, and it's, it's not just a gift. It's a really important one. But we tend to view him sometimes as just like the person who gives us things, And we even worship around that. And that's good. That's not bad. But there's way more than just what he did and what he's doing and what he will do. There's the person, Jesus. There's his heart. There's his mind. There is what he is thinking and feeling in any given moment. And we see that in the Word. And so I wanted to just kind of explore that, really. Explore a little bit more of just the knowledge of who he is. Of course, we cannot exhaust it. Uh, Paul touched on this in Romans, and he basically said, oh, the riches of the depths of the knowledge of God basically can't be exhausted. We're going to find out more about Jesus and who he is and who the Father is and who the Holy Spirit is for the rest of eternity. 
And we're never going to be bored. We're never going to kind of a million years in go, ah, it's the same one you shared last year, Lord. (laughs) It's going to always be new and invigorating. And there's always going to be a greater and greater, like, whoa, we never knew that. That's going to go on for endless ages. And it's almost hard to even fathom that, but that's, that's the truth. So last week we began to look specifically at the words, the words of Jesus, the speech. The speech specifically, the, the passage I covered was when Peter, you guys remember the story, and I believe it was John 6, it says many of the disciples were departing. They were, they were not following Jesus any longer. They heard his uh, eat my body and drink my blood sermon, and they weren't sure what to do with that, and so they just left. And Jesus asks pointedly, and he says, do you guys want to leave as well? And then Peter pipes up, as he often did. He always kind of was outspoken and spoke up first. But he said something really deep. Maybe the deepest thing he said in the Bible. He said, essentially, Jesus, where else can we go? You have the words of eternal life. And what Peter was touching on was not just you have the words of salvation. Peter was saying, when you talk, it's like someone who's lived for eternity is talking to us. There's no one like you. You're not like the Pharisees and the religious teachers. You come across like you really know what you're talking about. And so whoever else we go to, we're going really far down. We, it's hard following you is basically what he's saying. But, but if we go to any other religious leader, excuse me, <clears throat> my voice is given out already. If we go to any other religious leader... If we go to any other teacher, no one else is going to have what you have. And the good news is, is we have this man, excuse me, we have this man who speaks words of eternal life. We're going to be able to talk to him forever. We can talk to him now. We can talk to him in good and bad times. But there's never going to be a point in the infinite future where we're not stunned by what he says. Imagine you're in the inner circle 2,000 years ago and you're able to just listen to the things he shares on a daily basis. You would probably say, ah, you're not like anybody else. There's no one else like you. Remember when he was 12 years old, you guys remember when he ran away from mom and dad for a couple days, remember that story? That was kind of a funny, funny one, but instructive. <clears throat> they find him in the temple. Do you remember what it says about him? We don't have almost any detail from zero to 30 on the life of Jesus, except for this one instance. Well, we have his birth a little bit, and then you fast forward, he's 12, and there's this one scene in the temple. And it says that he was asking questions and listening and sharing with the people that were there. And they said of him, this guy's amazing. (laughs) It says they were stunned. They were in awe, in essence, of the things he was asking and the things he was saying. And if at 12 years old, if he's getting a reaction like that from the adults at 12 years old, imagine at 30 what he's talking like. I mean, I can't even imagine the things that didn't make Scripture that would just make our heart go, oh my goodness. Fortunately, we have what we need in the Bible 
for life and godliness, but we're going to find out so much more. We're going to find, you know, like at the end of the movies, they'll kind of have a few of the edited scenes right at the end of the movie, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Like there's going to be so many things that we learn forever and ever, and we're always going to be thinking, this man's amazing. We're never going to have this like let down five million years into heaven. It's really important that you stay the course with him because we're entering into an era where it's almost fashionable to leave the faith. It's almost like in, in, I believe it was John chapter six, I think it was when it says a lot of disciples were, were leaving and then he's talking about if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. He was speaking prophetically, of course. He wasn't saying literally be a cannibal. That's a whole other story. But many people could not reckon with that message and so they just left. And, and some are doing that today. They, they just can't quite piece things together. And so they conclude, it's better that I leave the faith. And I want to tell you something. Nowhere else are you going to find words of eternal life. Amen. There's nowhere else. There's no other system of belief. There's no other faith. There's no other guru How many know the amount of gurus out there today, self-proclaimed experts, people giving life advice and self-help? There's so much out there. There's so much information. But can I tell you the guy who's the the main guy? It's Jesus. And so never... We, I love learning from people. I love unique perspectives. I'm on Twitter. I read this stuff. I go, that's good. But nobody else has, has like that echo of eternity reverberating off their words nobody else nobody else comes up with stuff like come to me i'm meek and humble of heart you'll find a rest for your soul who else says that everybody else says try harder work harder do more you'll be accepted jesus says if you're tired and you're weary come to me i'm humble i'll give you rest what he did so many things that were countercultural, that were counterintuitive. He said things that literally blew people's minds, and they were like basic truths. He said, Have mercy on people. God will have mercy on you. Oh, <laughs> you know, there's so many things. <clears throat> Don't give up on your faith. That's kind of one of the uh, threads that you're going to hear throughout these next couple weeks in this uh, mini series. But we're going to go to this week real quick. We're going to go to this week's message, and I'm not going to go much longer. I'm just going to touch on this. But the words of Christ or the the speech of Christ is an important subject that reveals who he is. The way he spoke to people was incredibly kind. He is the living God. I mean, he could have been anyway. He could have been like, you people repent. You know, I mean, he could have been mean. I mean, if you're God and you made the world and you made people, you could do whatever you want. But it wasn't like that. He was very gracious in his approach to people, and his words especially were very kind. Now, there's always someone who thinks, well, what about when he rebuked them and he did toss the table? And those were the exception to the rule. His, his normal temperament was very kind, very even-keeled, very gracious. And there were times where he got really intense with specific people because that's what they needed and that's what love compelled him to do. 
But that's not like if you're sitting around a campfire, we used this example last week, if you're sitting around a campfire and you're just talking one-on-one, which you guys will do many times with the Lord throughout eternity, he's not going to be like reproving you over and over and over and over. He's going to have very friendly relational discussions. He's a very humble man. And so you don't have to fear him. You don't have to be like, what's he going to treat me like? He, he will be the kindest person you have ever met by far. He will be the most merciful person you've ever met by far. He will be the most understanding. I mean, he knows you really well. And so get that in your mind that, you know, sometimes, you know, people have this idea of when God speaks, it's always angry or it's always really intense. But really, like 99.99% of the time, the Lord is very relational and conversational and he's just speaking normally to you. He's not yelling. He's not intimidating And I mean, he's God, he's very powerful, but he has chosen a certain way to reach people. In fact, it says in Romans that God's kindness leads us to repentance. If he wants us to change, he's all the more kind to us. He's already kind, but if he really says, oh, you got to work on that, Derek, he's, he's very kind to me to get my attention. Lord, help my little, my little Zeker. (laughs) he's at that age where he just explores everything and then gets injured. Or maybe the Lord's already touching him right now. I don't know. I have a feeling it's the former, not the latter. So let's go over to Scripture. Tonight we're focusing on the deeds of Christ, the words of Christ, worthy study. We want to think about that, but it's not just what he says, it's what he does. It's the specific things that so reveal who he is. I'm going to just take a a passage out of Mark 7. That's why I had you flip there earlier. Mark 7, verse 31. He's leaving the region of Tyre and Sidon. It says he comes through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to put his hand on him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Now, I don't recommend doing this in a prayer line, but Jesus comes up to this guy, fingers in the ear, spits, touches his tongue. I don't know why. I don't recommend doing this, but this is, you know, there's some things in the Bible you just go, what? Then, looking up to heaven, he sighed and said, Ephatha. That is, be opened. I'm not fluent in that language. Immediately his ears were opened, and the impediment of his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plainly. Then he commanded them that they should tell no one, but the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. And they, it says this, they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He makes the deaf hear and the mute to speak. Everywhere Jesus went, this is the reaction he's getting. It doesn't say people were moved a little. doesn't say people were like, oh, good word. It says words throughout the New Testament. It says words like astonishment, amazement, incredible deeply, deeply cut to the heart were things that were associated with the ministry of Christ. And here's the thing. He's never stopped ministering. 
That's the good news. He's up in heaven. He said in Matthew 28, I'll always be with you. And so we should, we should be seeing these things. We should be expecting amazing things happening in our life, in our ministry, in our families, because Jesus never stopped doing that. Now, there are some people out there, and God bless our brothers and sisters, we have so many different beliefs out there, so many different takes, but I want to assure you that God has never stopped moving. He's never stopped doing anything that you can see in the Gospels and in the New Testament, anything that's clearly revealed in Scripture, He still does today. He heals the deaf. He makes the mute to speak. He raises people from the dead. Anything that is clearly revealed in Scripture, there's there's no way we should conclude, well, that ended. That was a good run. And so sort of takeaway number one, I really think Jesus wants us to believe for this stuff. You know, that we wouldn't just have kind of -of run-of-the-mill gatherings for the rest of our life, just whatever, but that we would see truly things that give us astonishment, things that go, oh my goodness, that was amazing. I've never seen anything like that. I, I, I want to believe for that stuff. We should all be believing for those things. He's so good. He's so powerful. And he does these things because he... He, he really loves people. You know, I often think about, what if I'm this guy? What if that's me? And this guy named Jesus comes into town and does that thing. I'm, I'm really not going to care that he touched my ear and spat and did the tongue thing. I'm probably just going to go, this man, Jesus, is incredible for the rest of my life. Like if you're that guy, if you're the the woman who had the issue of blood and you you went to doctors your whole life, but then you touch Jesus and he heals you, you're probably going to worship him the rest of your life. You're probably going to go, this man is, is at a whole other level. He has the words of eternal life. He does things no one else can do. I think that Jesus wants our lives to reflect this very same sentiment. I think he wants to use us so that people go... That Jesus in the Bible, he's alive today. And I think that he wants, us to, he wants to use us to do these things. And then people don't think about us. They don't think, whoa, you're powerful. They think about Jesus is powerful. Jesus is amazing. We're astonished at that man. And so I think there's coming a day, and it's not too far off. I think it's kind of trickling down right now. But we should expect in our day to see this stuff on the regular in our services, in our family life, in our daily lives. I mean, there's no way someone's struggling at work, pray for them. There's no telling you what God could do in that quick prayer. I've seen it at the grocery store. You know, when you're driving and God puts someone on your heart, give them a call, pray pray for them. You just, you never know. Let's not limit it. Some people read the Bible and they go, well, it's nice that God did that back then, but this is today. Why limit God like that? Who are we to tell God, you get in a box, we'll have a nice tidy theology. Why do that? I think most people They believe this stuff. They just need someone to reaffirm there's a real Christ in you who will do this stuff. Just believe for it. 
That's what people need to hear. It's, he's not waiting for you to be so mature that you're just like Paul the Apostle. No one's going to be there. He uses weak, broken folk just like us. He's not waiting for you to get your ninth theology degree and do your 100-day fast until he wants to. He'll use you tonight. He'll use you tomorrow. He'll use you at church. He'll use you at work. Uh, when you're at the bank, when you're wherever you're at, I mean, just, Lord, are you doing anything right now? Okay, I'll pray for that guy, or, or I'll have him pray for me, or it just doesn't always have to be you doing the ministry, just kind of maybe that person just needs a hug, or it could be a million things. But let's, let's get into the mindset that this same Jesus who was ascended to heaven, he's still moving in and through the church today. Amen. And the good news is that's you. That's you and me. That's all of us. All those who name the name of Jesus. I mean, here's the thing. The guy who, the thief on the cross, he was as saved as the Apostle Paul. That's how saved he was in that moment. When Jesus says, you'll be with me in paradise, the guy didn't even say a sinner's prayer. He didn't do anything that we say you should do. And yet Jesus says, this man's saved. He's coming with me. Okay, so I want to mature. God has afforded me time to grow, but he's not waiting for some moment in time where he's like, okay, now you can really be used. No, he'll use you right now. He'll use me and you right now. He'll use anyone. A child gets saved, he'll use a child. Someone gets saved on their deathbed, that person is as saved as anybody in the Bible. We don't complicate it. We are saved by grace through faith, not by works. I mean, what could the guy on the cross do, the thief on the cross? What work could he do? He couldn't get baptized. He didn't even know any theology. He barely knew anything, but yet he's getting in. Sorry, I'm getting off into a whole new message right now. That was for somebody I trust. The same Jesus who is amazing the crowds, not for his own glory, not for like, his own sense of notoriety. He wasn't doing it to be famous. He was doing it because he loved people. He wanted those people to be touched. Let's go to Luke 4. Luke 4, it says um, someone had a, a demon possession. Jesus rebukes the spirit, says, be quiet, come out of him. And it says when the demon had thrown him in their midst, it came out of him, it did not hurt him. And then what's it say in verse 36? They were all amazed. There's almost never a neutral response when it comes to this man named Jesus. There's almost never like, mm, that was pretty cool. There's this sense that wherever he went, there was an astonishment. There was an amazement. They were all amazed. Not some of them, not most of them, all. That's what it says there, all amazed. And spoke among themselves saying, what a word this is with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits and they come out. They, knew, they noticed something about this guy. He wasn't just this run-of-the-mill itinerant preacher. This man has authority. This has man, uh, he has power. And he was doing some amazing stuff. Never forget. Never forget this. He's not stopped moving in these ways. Whatever the predicament, he will heal the sick. He will... Uh, deliver people of demonic torment. Whatever is needed, he is capable, he's able, he's willing. Sometimes, not, not that he needs us, but the connection point 
between him moving and it manifesting is just sometimes you laying hands on somebody or just say, hey, Lord, touch that guy over there. It's very simple. Often he just waits for us to get involved in the, in the work. Again, he doesn't need us. It's not like he's a little short on power, so I need humans. He could do anything, but he chooses to, to, to want us. He chooses to use us. And so we go, hey, bro, are you doing okay? Not really. Okay, let me pray. Boom! A breakthrough that would never have come if we didn't ask for it. Now, God sometimes just does stuff. You know, there's, there's certainly in the sense of he's just merciful and, and he just kind of moves at times. But biblically, Jesus says, you have not because you ask not. Or actually, uh, that was James. There's many times Jesus said, you've not asked in my name, ask in my name, and I'll do it and your joy will be full. There's many verses like that that show if we ask, he'll do more and something powerful will happen and it'll make us happier. And so that's why we take seriously the call to be a house of prayer or praying community because when we ask, God answers. It's that simple. I mean, I, I don't want this to sound like, like, whoa, but like the amount of times we've prayed for Tariah to get a raise is probably dozens. It doesn't surprise me anymore that she gets a raise because this stuff happens so much. I mean, literally, I've seen this stuff, I'm not exaggerating, hundreds of times in my life since I've come to know the Lord. We just start targeting something. It does happen exactly like we ask. I mean, this is our life we live. Mandy and I could tell stories till we're blue in the face of all the, the ways we've seen just, we had a specific need, we asked, and boom, it happened miraculously. And I just wish more believers knew they could ask very specific things, tell nobody, and God would do it. We don't have to, I mean, sometimes we, we tell people, you know, hey, I'm struggling, or, you know, be, be open and transparent, but, but some people think, well, I got, I got to help God, so I'm going to pray, but then I'm going to, you know, this. You don't have to do that over there. You just ask God and he'll do it. So, but anyway, that's not, that's not the big point necessarily, but just pray and ask and God will do it. Okay, moving along. I got too many messages swarming together here. Very quickly, three things for consideration. Jesus moves in the past. He moves in the present. And he moves in personal ways, just very basic. We know he's done so many things in the past. We see in the Gospels all the things he's done, all the amazing stuff and the people reacting, going, oh my goodness. But some people think he stopped doing things back then. That 2,000 years ago, great stories for the kids, but what about today? He's still doing this today. So he moved in the past, he moved in the present, he has not changed. It says in the book of Hebrews that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the same Jesus we see in the Gospels is the same Jesus who's in heaven right now, seated at the right hand of the Father, presiding over all the affairs of the universe very well. And one day when we meet him face to face, the person who says in Mark 10 or Matthew 10, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I'll give you rest, that same man is who we're going to talk to. He will not have changed, not a single bit. And, and the reason that's important is because some people fear he will be different one day. Like he was kind of nice in the New Testament, but he gets angrier over time and he's disappointed. And finally, when I see him, he's going to shoot me with a lightning bolt. <laughs> the good news is he doesn't change because he's completely perfect. He, perfection doesn't have to change. It doesn't need to morph into something better. He's only good and that's how he will be forever. 
And that's really, to know that he's already fully kind and he'll be that way forever. So we never have to worry about that. In fact, what's going to happen when we, this is my personal conviction, first of all, he's better than we think he is already. You know, whatever we're thinking in our brain, like, okay, he's pretty good. No, he's way better than what we're thinking. But when we're going to see him one day face to face, we'll be convinced of it. We'll go, oh my gosh, like if I would have really known that, I would have lived different. (laughs) And he's going to be like, well, don't be condemned because now you can't change that. But the goal really is to see who he is. Like Jackie prayed, Jesus, we want to see you. Uh, I think he prayed something like, we want to see you as you are as, as we closed worship there. That's really the goal. And that's kind of why we're doing this series. If we can see him as he is, we live different today. We see different things. We want to get to that point in heaven one day and go, I really believed you were that loving and you were. Oh my goodness. But if it touches our heart now, we do live different. Does that make sense? Okay, I'm going to land this plane here real quick. So past deeds, present deeds, and personal deeds. I want to just end with this. Jesus doesn't just want to do amazing things for other people. He wants to do amazing things for you personally. He doesn't want to just, you know, move in the church. He wants to move in your life too. Sometimes we kind of get in this mentality of, oh, you know, he's good and he's going to move in Africa probably and, you know, maybe in a third world country, but I don't know about me. As much as he wants to move all over the world and as much as he moved in that one story you read, he really wants to move in your life. And he wants to serve you. He wants to help you. He wants to grow you. He wants to, you to know how much he loves you. There's so much that he wants to do specifically for you. I have to keep doing the code because it keeps, it keeps shutting here. As a servant, because Jesus, he's the servant of all. He has a humble heart. Even though he's God, he's really humble, and so he seeks to serve his church. He's not like this divine butler that's at our every beck and call. Okay, butler, Jesus, go do this. He's not like that, but he has a servant heart, and he really wants to serve us into maturity and into love. And so he will, if we ask him to, Lord, show me more of you. Lord, use me to touch people more. He'll, in that way, help us to do those things. And he wants us to develop a history where we know he's helping us personally. We know he's moving in our life personally so we can tell people, guys, he met me here, he did this, and we have this own personal journey. Because when we're young in the faith, we kind of have other people's stories to go on, but eventually he wants us to have our own history and our own like, well, yeah, I prayed and he did that and then this and then my kid did that and then God broke in. Like he wants to develop. So don't, don't ever think like he just wants to kind of move out there. And No, he wants to develop a real like particular friendship with each one of us. And he's actually capable of doing that. Sometimes Mandy and I talk and it's like we're so human. It's like having a few people in our network, even, even just a n- small number of people in our little ministry network is hard to like, how do you... Stay connected to everybody. It's, and, and then I think of the people who know millions of people. Or their, their, their network is so huge. It's like, how do you even keep up with all these people? It's, but, but God, 
he can keep current with the whole human race. Like, in this, that's incredible. He can relate to you guys as if there's no one else. He can give you all of his time, even though he gives everybody else all of his time. I wish I could do that. I wish I had 100 hours in my day and I could call all my friends every day and talk to mom for an hour and, you know, be with my kids every day. You know, all that stuff just all takes so much. But God can. And so just ask, Lord, show up in my life more. I want to have a closer relationship with you. I want to walk more closely with you. And I, I, want, I want more of a history where it's not just me telling cool stories about that guy. I want it to be in my life. I want to see the amazing things for me. And he'll do it. He really will. It may not be the way you're expecting, but he'll show up in personal ways. Amen. Let me pray here for us, and then I'm just going to, we're going to close just, we're going to get in a little group here, and then pray for one another for just a moment. So Heavenly Father, we just, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for your son. We thank you that Jesus is far beyond any greatness we can think of, any glory that we can attribute to him. Lord, we know he's far beyond that. Lord, that is such good news. I, I just pray tonight for my brothers and my sisters here in the room and those who are live streaming. I just pray that you would speak to them, that you would reveal yourself to them. Show them how good you are, Lord. I pray, Lord, even as we've talked tonight, a little bit about your deeds and how you do things that are so amazing and that you're continuing to do them, that you'd begin to show up in their lives in very specific ways where they know that's, that's you, God. I pray for everyone gathered, Lord. I pray even those who will hear the recording maybe long into the future that you'd begin to even accelerate the things you're doing in their life so they know God's not just good to everyone else. He's good to me too. He, he's not just interested in everybody else's story. He's interested in, in my story. In, in our relationship. And, and God, we just thank you that you're able to focus on the whole church, but also focus on the individual, Lord. Remind us of how much you love us tonight. And as we conclude tonight and we go our own ways, Lord, we just pray for your presence to abide with us as we go about our weekend, even into the next week. Bless each one here, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org donate. That's gphop.org donate. Thank you, and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.